This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we chat with a pair of sprinters who both made history in their first track and field meet of the season. One a senior captain, the other a rookie. Plus, the skiing teams hosted the Bates Carnival and had some standout performances. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Bates men's track and field senior captain Colby Staken Pickering is the fastest Bobcat ever to run the 60-meter dash after he broke a program record that had stood for a decade with his time of 7.05 seconds Saturday at the MIT Tri-Meet. The mark edges the previous record of 7.06 seconds set in 2013. For that, Colby Staken Pickering is our male Bobcat of the week. Yeah, so uh, definitely a very exciting moment. Uh, something that me and some of my teammates have had our eyes on for a while now. Um, there's a whole group of us that are in 7-1, and the record was 7.06, so that's just a very slim margin away. But going into the meet, we've been practicing since, I'd say, September, uh, going pretty much full force in both the weight room and on the track. So uh, going into the into the meet, I definitely knew that I was in a good physical shape to try to get it. And so just making sure that mentally I was staying focused and making sure that I was running my race, not trying to rush anything or getting affected by anything that was happening on the track around me. And I'm just thankful that I was able to put it together. I've got my teammates push being coached. That was uh, really giving me good quality workouts to, to help get to where I was uh, able to break the record. And yeah, just overall very excited and happy with the performance, but uh, still looking forward to uh, continuing to compete, hopefully chipping at it more. Yeah, I mean, when you cross the finish line, um, at what point did someone tell you you got the record there? Yeah, so at MIT, they have a huge scoreboard off to the left. Okay. And so when you run your race, you finish, you can walk around. I actually kept a mental note of this looking at previous uh, races that went before me to see how long the delay was between you cross the finish line and when it gets put on the board. So finished my race, uh, high-fived some of the other guys on the line, and then walked back to the center of the track where a lot of my teammates were, and then just kind of waited for, I'd say, probably 45 seconds for it to appear. And prior to the race, I hadn't actually set an explicit time goal. I know some guys do. They try to say, all right, I want to run 7-2 or lower, and that's like what would be a quality day for me. But me, I just wanted to, kind of like I said before, just get out there and run my race. And so I saw 7.05 appear, and I'm like, wow, I've never seen a 7.0 something before. Like, that's got to be pretty good. And then uh, one of my teammates behind me was like, that's a school record. And I was like, wait a minute, you're right. Uh, and then after that, just kind of celebrating uh, lightly with the team. Excellent, excellent. And then, um, you know, I noticed there was an MIT runner who ran like 6.9 something. Is, is yes. breaking seven seconds kind of a goal for you this year? Is that something that you think is achievable? Yes, uh, absolutely. It's definitely a goal. Um, we have, I don't know if it's really a saying, but we say sub seven a lot uh, tr in reference to trying to break uh, seven seconds. Mm. That's definitely an uh, accomplishment for a lot of sprinters, I'd say. Um, Jeremiah Budiman, the, the MIT runner who ran 6.93, had a very good race. I think that was a PR for him as well, uh, and very impressive. Uh, I think it's currently sitting as the number one time in New England. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so it was cool to meet him. He actually remembered me before the race, which I, it's always pretty cool, uh, going to a meet and seeing uh, other athletes and talking to them. So I'm excited to race him in, in the future and hopefully uh, be closer. Growing up, how did you first get interested in track and field and maybe sprinting specifically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd say going all the way back to probably fourth or fifth grade, I knew around the playground that I was kind of fast. You'd be playing tag and kids would get upset when you're the one that's hit because you can just track them right down. Um, and my parents had entered me into some casual track meets around then, but I never took it too seriously. It wasn't until uh, my eighth grade, I'd say, where my friend bet me that he was faster and the uh, – the bet was over some pancakes that his grandmother makes. Apparently, they were really good. And so I showed up to track practice. Uh, actually, I signed on to the team and then yeah. showed up to the practices. I uh, was able to beat him. Never ended up getting my pancakes. But then uh, ever since then, I started to take it more and more serious. Uh, my family's very competitive, so mm. it's a natural thing to try to beat one another. Great. And then uh, when you're looking at colleges, what made Bates the place for you? Yeah, so... 
I was definitely interested in staying around New England. Uh, I didn't want to have to have a very cumbersome travel back and forth anytime it was holiday season. But I liked how Bates was in New England. Uh, I liked the size of it. I liked kind of the atmosphere of knowing a lot of your classmates and being able to walk around campus as opposed to taking shuttles or, or um, biking. And I liked the uh, academic rigor of Bates College, I'd say, uh, over top of a lot of the other schools that I looked at. Um, and they had a lot of good programs. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to come here and, and study what I'm interested in. Yeah, our head coach, Curtis Johnson, for track and field, he has coached the sprinters for a number of years. And so what's it like working with him? Yeah, no, it's great to work with him. I've definitely seen uh, some kind of upgrades in his training style, too. Uh, he's been incredibly organized this year. Like, I could almost tell you what some of our workouts are for even, like, April at this point. Uh, so it's been really cool to see him kind of learn. He's He's gone from the sprint coach to now he's the head coach of the team. Um, so seeing that and then also just – watching him kind of tailor the workouts to each person uh, and making sure that they're getting what they need to become the best athlete they can. Uh, and so that's definitely helped me tremendously. Great. And then, yeah, I mean, how have you seen yourself improve from maybe, you know, your first year here? Obviously, the first two years were kind of interrupted, right? But you, you've obviously had a good year last year and now continuing to grow into this season. Yeah. So something that I think is really great about Bates College, uh, sprints specifically, and I guess the whole track team is that they're really good at taking in uh, strong athletes and continuing to progress them. I think if you look at some other schools, they might take in that one freak in high school and then they sort of stay where they are. Um, and so <clears throat> through a combination of uh, quality training and a like competitive atmosphere, uh, we're at practice, you know, we're all, we're all having fun and we're enjoying being there, but we're also getting a lot of the work done. And so making sure to, really take it serious and just like, you know, being committed and putting in work every day over the past couple of years has certainly helped me uh, both on the track and just, I guess, in life and hard work sort of sense. So Yeah, and then the sprint group itself, what's that dynamic like? What are the other guys like sort of in the group? Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think our saying is we like to keep it light uh, in the sense that you'll see us laughing or telling jokes or dancing on the track a lot. Uh, even if it's a hard workout, one of our guys might go throw up and we'll laugh at him while he's throwing up, and then he, <laughs> and then he comes back over. But uh, Derek Shen, uh, he mm -hmm. comes from a rowing and powerlifting background, so he brings a lot of energy and knowledge into the weight room. Uh, we've got other guys, especially our longer sprinters, like uh, maybe Truman Williams, for example, or Kevin O'Connor, who really like getting on the track and running. And yeah, I mean, it's going to hurt when you're running and you're doing a workout, but they'll encourage you to keep going. So we've kind of got like every facet of, of training atmosphere uh, being uh, amplified by these different athletes. And so I'm really fortunate to be on the team and, and kind of contribute to that energy. You know, you mentioned the weight room. I mean, for sprints, what's the ideal workout kind of? What are you working on? I mean, obviously your legs, but I mean, upper body, I'm sure it's important as well. Yeah. So I'd say in track, at least what I've heard from some coaches is that your lower body is uh, responsible for maintaining your speed and your upper body is kind of responsible for generating it. So if you think about just standing there and trying to run with your arms at your side, you're going to have a really hard time starting to run. But overall with sprinting, it's, it's definitely a power uh, event. So you're going to want to be trying to move a lot of weight, but not just the most amount of weight you possibly can, but you're trying to move it quickly. So we do a lot of, I guess, squats, power cleans, things like that that are more dynamic and, and functional. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. If you ask me, some people don't like it as much as running on the track, but I definitely think that I'm more of a kind of power background, kind of like Derek coming into, into track. Yeah. Cause Derek was doing some throwing events before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's kind of interesting going that from the sprinting, but it seems like it might be actually a natural transition almost. Yeah, no, it definitely, uh, I mean, he is incredibly strong. <laughs> I will say that, uh, each year in, right before Thanksgiving break, we do max testing. So we do. Uh, we go to the weight room and we do a max bench, deadlift, and squat. And that's kind of another cool competitive thing uh, where you can see yourself progress from year to year. And you can also try to hype one another up. And there's just the, the classic weight room sense of that. Um, <clears throat> and so throwing, I, I, when Derek came over to, to sprints, it was, I guess, yeah, I guess it was natural in the sense that he had just already had so much power and such a good base. And it's just kind of refining that and making sure he has good control and good composure uh, and doesn't kind of spin out of control as he's trying to run. Sure. So Bates Invitational this weekend. Bobcats get to host. How much are you looking forward to the home track meet here? 
Oh, it's it's great. I uh, I always love competing at home for two reasons. One, you don't have to sit on a bus for a couple hours and travel. Uh, but two, uh, much more of your friends can come and watch you. So it's not just people tuning into a live stream. It's people actually physically being there and making noise and, and celebrating with you. And so I'm looking forward to this upcoming weekend. I'll be running the 200, which is another one of my favorite events. Uh, that I didn't get to run last weekend, but very excited to open that up this season and just kind of have more of my friends and family around to be able to watch. Yeah, you were part of a relay though this past weekend, right? Four by four hundred. Four. Yeah, so four hundred <clears throat> on the long side. So yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> so I consider myself a short sprinter yeah. for sure, uh, meaning that my preferred range is two hundred and below. Uh, mm. Coach. Obviously likes to push me uh, and thinks that I have some potential in the 400, but also uh, training benefits by running the 400. So if you're running a distance that's further than what you used to, when you finally come back down to your normal one, it's going to feel a lot easier. And so I kind of felt that in this past weekend where the the indoor track is 200 meters. And so a 400 requires you to run two laps. So that first lap just felt like a walk in the park. You know, I was out for a jog, second lap, different story. That one hurt a lot, but when I'm only running one lap, it, it should be a lot easier. And, uh, I'm sure I'll be thankful for it uh, when the time comes, but yeah. right now it hurts. <laughs> right, for sure. And then um, we, we mentioned the goal, obviously, you know, sub seven or whatnot. Um, any other goals you have kind of in your mind for you or your team maybe for this season, your senior year, right? Yeah. So I think as for personal goals, uh, I would love to try to chip down on that 705 and try to go sub seven. Yeah. I think in the indoor 200, trying to run as close to 22 flat or 21 high as possible. Mm. Um, kind of similar for outdoor, so just running like sub 11, sub 22 for the 100 and 200 respectively. Um, team oriented, I guess I have two things. Uh, for outdoor, I'd say one of our most competitive atmosphere meets is the Neskek outdoor meet, because that's when we finally get to face up against Colby, Bowden, Williams, Tufts, you know, everyone all together. And so I would like to try to uh, place as high as possible in that. I think last year we didn't have the greatest showing, uh, partially as a byproduct of some of the like, right. COVID cases yep. and COVID numbers where yep. we weren't able to send a full team. So I think this year kind of coming back with that chip on our shoulder and trying to knock down some other maybe complacent teams uh, would be great. And then also just kind of contributing to that atmosphere. I mean, I mentioned earlier how everybody brings that sort of piece to practice that helps uh, bring everyone else up. And so trying to leave whatever mark I can uh, would be would be great. What's it like being one of the captains this year? You know, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, in high school, I was a captain, but I think it was a little less serious. Um, certainly here, you know, you have more responsibilities, but you also really are a role model. And that's something that I've realized more and more as the season goes where people will come up to me and ask questions. People ask me for advice for different things. And so it's been it's been kind of a lot of fun because, I mean, I love working with all these guys. And so just helping contribute to their their successes is, is really rewarding for me, I guess. And then any other thoughts you wanted to share about this past weekend's meet we haven't got to talk about yet, perhaps? Um, Let's see. I'd say that this past weekend is was our first opening meet uh, and we kind of refer to those as rust busters in yeah. the sense that you haven't competed for so long at this point that you know, a lot of people sort of forget what it's like a little bit or they've got a little bit more nerves. And so what I really liked to see was that everyone was out there. Everyone was really putting in a lot of work. Uh, you could see some people were doing like over distance events, I guess. So for me, who's 6,200, me running in the four by four is, is that example. But we had uh, a lot of different guys doing that. For example, uh, Reuven ran a 600, which usually he only runs 400 or 200. Mm. And so seeing him kind of take that as a challenge and be more uh, like resilient and sort of fight into it was, uh, was really good to see. So I was really proud and happy to see everyone just getting out there, doing the best that they could do, knowing that there, there's more to come regardless of what happens. Awesome. Well, the fastest 60-meter uh, dash runner invades uh, men's track and field history, uh, Colby Staken Pickering. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Yeah, thank you very much. It was an honor. In women's track and field, first year Mariah Sharn won the 60-meter hurdles at the MIT Tri-Meet in 9.38 seconds, the sixth fastest time in Bates history. Not a bad way to start a collegiate career. So I started doing track in sixth grade, actually. My dad did track all of high school and college. My older brother did it, so it was definitely inspiring to um, try it out as well. So I had a lot of influence there. Great. And then when you were looking at colleges, what made Bates the place for you? My dad ran track at Bates as well. Oh. Yeah, oh. so that was definitely at Bates. Okay, yeah, nice. so that was definitely a huge influence. Um, 
And I've spent a lot of time in Maine, like, you know, in my childhood. So, um, and I was already familiar with it coming up for alumni meets um, with my dad when I was younger. And I'm familiar with it, and I always loved it, so. So you said your dad's a sprinter? Um, he actually was a distance runner. Distance runner, yeah. okay. So he ran cross-country? and Yes, cross-country, okay. indoor, outdoor. For outdoor. Walt Slavinsky? Or? Yes, for Slavinsky. Okay, okay, yeah. great, excellent. What yeah. year did he graduate, Bates? Oh, I think a while ago, like 74? In the 70s, okay. I believe. Gotcha. Something like that, yeah. Nice. So you knew Bates well, from the Oh, yeah, definitely, kind of was definitely. A place you're interested in, great. And then, um, well, you're, let's talk about your first meet. Um, you know, 60 meter hurdles, we have some great hurdlers, and mm-hmm. you're right on the top 10 list now. Mm-hmm. Take us through the race. Well, in the beginning, I was a little, well, the first meet um, back is always so. It's a little discouraging for me because I always don't do my best. Um, it's the first meet, so I shouldn't be too hard on myself. But that's just kind of how I am. Um, so, but it was a lot of fun. Um, finally, seeing all my teammates um, able to compete and do what they're good at was a lot of fun. Um, cheering everyone on during my race, I kind of just was like, you know, first meet, um, just got to do what you got to do. Um, so I got in the blocks. I just and then I just like something happened. I just like ran. I don't know, but it was a lot of fun. Everyone was cheering me on, and then. My coach was showing me, like, the top ten list. I don't know what he was showing me. I was like, are you showing me, like, my competition for today? And then he was like, no, you made top ten. And I was like, oh. It was so funny. I had no idea what he was showing me. And, like, but it was really cool. I was, like, in shock. I, I was not expecting it. Awesome. Well, in terms of times, is that, some, is that something you ran in high school, that type of speed? or? Um, so I ran a 9.38. And in high school, we did, you know, 55-meter hurdles. Okay. So I kind of have to do some math there, which right. I won't do. But... <laughs> Um, I think that's probably around like an 8.755 meter hurdle time, which is pretty, which is kind of what I ran in high school. So awesome. Yeah. And then, um, you also did the high jump. Is that right? Oh yes, I did. Yeah. Tell us about that in terms of, is that an event you're familiar with as well? Yeah, I did high jump, um, all of high school. It was kind of like a secondary event. Like, um, I was good at it, but there was girls jumping like way higher than me, but it's always been fun. Um, so, yeah, I jumped my first man. I think I placed fifth, even though they count top four. So I was so close to making it. I think everyone got out on, like, five, five one or something, five mm-hmm. feet, something like that. Um, but that was also a lot of fun. My teammates were um, there with me supporting me and jumping as well. So that was good. So hurdles, um, that's obviously, you know, it's not just running. You've got to right. time everything. Uh, how, how have you learned over the years how to, how to do hurdles? Because I, I feel like it's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in the beginning, it, I was really focused on, like, like the um technicality of it and like getting over the hurdle and like hurdling itself like going over the hurdle itself but as time went on it's more of just running like running through them like they're not even there like that's the that's the mentality I need to have to run fast is you're running there's like a little obstacle in the way but like you just have to not think about it as much I used to think about it so much but now I just got to think about like running through them instead of running over them if that makes sense yeah absolutely and then yeah. uh you mentioned you know talking with coach Curtis Johnson what have you learned from him so far um obviously your first year here um, mm-hmm. at Bates mm-hmm. yeah he's a lot of fun to work with he's just such a nice guy um and has taught me so much the few months that I've been here but um you know I'm I told him in the beginning I was like I'm a very hard on myself like you know, it's just it's something about me that's always been the case. But he's very good at, um, you know, positivity and um, words of encouragement and just being really supportive. And knowing that I'm a freshman, I know that he wants to be um, lenient, but also he knows my capabilities and is very um, encouraging and supportive with my abilities. So, What are your some goals you have going forward this year? I think my goal in terms of Track is getting sub nine, maybe in the sixty meter hurdles. Yeah, that would be pretty close that to would, number one. That'd be pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be cool. That's yeah. the goal. We'll see how close we get to it. But awesome. Yeah. And then, um, you know, so sixty meter hurdles—that's probably your primary event for indoor. You would say. Yeah. Okay. And then, what about outdoor track and field? I mean, what events do you like in there? A hundred meters, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, um, of course, I do the hundred meter hurdles. Um. My last, well, I only had two outdoor seasons yeah. in high school because one year of COVID and then the next year I sprained my ankle, so that was bad. But um, outdoor I did mainly, yeah, 4 by one hundred meter hurdles. I did high jump still, and I was thrown in the 4 by 2 a couple times. But I really like the 4 by one It's always fun. And I never got to be in a relay, so I love being in relays. And um, 
getting to do that. So you anticipate being in some relays for Bates? Yes, definitely. Okay. I, I think I saw Coach has, of course he has the whole meet schedule on who's competing in what for every single meet. He's so ahead of the game like that. But I think I'll be in a couple um, relays in indoor and outdoor. So that'll be fun. Well, we have the Bates Invitational this weekend. Yes, at, this weekend. At Merrill Gym. So yeah. um, what events there are you going to be competing in? Um, I'm going to be doing hurdles and high jump again uh-huh. and the 4x4, four four, four which is always fun and interesting and painful. But... I'm excited for that. It's funny. I was talking with um, Colby on the men's team, yeah. senior captain. He mentioned he was in the 4x4, four four, and he's also like a shorter distance sprinter. Right, right. And so how, as a short distance sprinter, do you adjust to those longer distances? Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely just a mental block. Like, it's I'm definitely cap- my body's definitely capable of doing so. It's just being so used to sprinting and hurdling. I can do it, but it's just, I think, the mental block of not wanting to or not thinking I can. But um, – it's definitely different because I'm I'm so used to, you know, jumping over a hurdle and you would think it's easier because there's nothing there, but it's like that's what I'm used to and like my muscle memory. Um, but I'm excited because it's something different and I think I've run the four by four maybe once in high school, mm. so we'll see how that goes. So that should be yeah, that should be yeah. fun this weekend. Honestly, yeah. what are what are you looking forward to most about having a home meet here? Um, to the home advantage, like I know the track, I know the facility, I'm just used to it. Yeah, and just like having. Um, my friends come um, from here because I know they wouldn't make a trip to Boston. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make them do that. So having my friends there supporting me is also going to be really nice. And, um, yeah, just like the home feeling and the home advantage is going to be fun. And growing up, uh, you said you moved off air. You said you moved around a lot growing yeah, up? Yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah. So I lived in um, Lowell when I was younger. Then I lived in Billerica. And then I moved to Dunstable, Massachusetts. And I lived in two houses in Dunstable, Massachusetts. So all within Massachusetts, kind of. Right? Yeah, all within okay. Massachusetts. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And so, um, you know, in familiar with Bates, you mentioned because your father went here, so mm-hmm. you, you've been. So you were on campus probably as a kid sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah, I was like a couple times, and I was like, you know, between like maybe ages eight and like twelve. Yeah. Excellent. And so you knew about it because of your dad. Did, did anything about Bates really appeal to you when you like, you know, when you were really looking at colleges, or was it just going to be Bates and you weren't even considering anyone else? At first, not really, because I wanted to go. I kind of wanted like a big school mm. and like and that kind of thing. But then all the big schools are kind of like you know in the south, and I didn't really want to go. I didn't want to be a plane right away from my family. Um, but I guess like towards the end of the college decision process, like um, it just seemed to make the most sense and. The most comfortable, I guess. Well, I guess you mentioned, you know, the goal of being, you know, uh, sub nine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sub nine, 60 meter hurdles. What does it take to do that? Just repetition? Yes, a lot of repetition. <laughs> um, my senior year of high school, my hurdle coach left and he was so amazing. Um, I learned a lot from him. And then once he left, we did a lot of repetitive work and a lot of technique work. But then once he left, it wasn't, I kind of was on my own in that in that sense. So I kind of had to teach myself and um, do those drills by myself and it was just kind of hard. So being back with having a hurdle coach and like working with me and the other hurdlers, um, and that repetition and, you know, hurdling two to three times a week is definitely going to help. Um, yeah. What's like being on a big team like this? I imagine much bigger Mm -hmm. than your high school team. Yeah. So I thought my high school team was big. It was like, what, 70 people combined. I thought that was a lot, but (laughs) it's actually so much fun. Um, um, like I said, how I wanted to go to a big school, like that doesn't really matter when you're part of a big team because um, there's so much support and everyone's on the same page and, you know, we struggle together. We like complain about practices together, but um, yeah, it's a lot of fun and it's like you immediately have friends and supporters coming into school. So that was definitely helpful as um, a first year in college. Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the first meet of your uh, collegiate career here this past weekend? Um, it was a lot of fun, and I think that, um, you know, if any athlete, like, any first year, first meet, first game, um, you know, just go out there and have fun. Like, it's your first time, it's your first college meet, or, or um, game. Like, just have fun, you know? Yeah, and you, and you, yeah. and you won the six-meter hurdles yes. and are on the top ten list. Yes, so, you know, so that could happen to, you know, that could happen to any... Uh, any of you guys, you know? <laughs> Out there, yeah. Out there, whoever's listening. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Mariah, well, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. The Bates skiing teams hosted the Bates Carnival over the weekend, starting on Thursday when Alpine skiing competed in the giant slalom at Sunday River. The Bobcats concluded competition on Saturday with the slalom, and in both races, junior captain Bo Underhill led the way for Bates, taking 14th in the GS and 19th in the slalom. 
So it's just awesome to get back out there, race close to home. And I mean, Sunday River put on a great carnival for us. Good snow both days after a delay on a Friday. So worked really well. It was really cool to represent in front of a home crowd. A lot of our parents came and supporters. So it was really it was an awesome experience. Now, day one was Thursday, and your second run, uh, the weather kind of shifted a little bit, right? Take us through those adjustments you had to make. Yeah, so from the outdoor sport, obviously, is it's kind of all weather-dependent, and it was freezing rain first run, so difficult, definitely difficult uh, conditions. And then second run, snow came in, really had to deal with that. So just put on some low-light lenses, really clear, and then hopefully you can see. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then top 20 for you in both events, uh, the GS and the slalom. Um, you know, what are your, some of your goals? goals this year kind of moving forward you know that's a pretty good way to start though right yeah pretty good way uh last year had some pretty unlucky uh results with gs so it was really good to get a top 20 and kind of put down my career best to kind of move forward from that and then slalom i mean i think my goals are to get some top 10s and hopefully try to end up qualifying for ncaa's but right now i'm just kind of moving forward got some good confidence on the for me so got to held myself and move forward dragging the team and get some good results going forward. Now you're one of the captains this year. So what's that experience like being one of the leaders? Uh, so it was really cool. I actually didn't really expect it because we have uh, two seniors and it was just kind of a uh, good support from the team. And it was, it's really cool. We have four captains this year. So we get to kind of converse with the coaches and then kind of make some good decisions for everyone. So it's been, it's been a really good experience, really awesome to kind of lead our team forward. Now, Friday, you're, Everyone goes up to the mountain expecting for another run and, or, you know, for the slalom, and they, they decide to cancel, postpone it, move it to Saturday. How did you handle that day in between, sort of? So we actually ended up uh, staying up at Sunday River because it's it was freezing rain, lo- a long drive back, didn't want to kind of risk it. So we stayed up there, went bowling, kind of did some sport, and, uh, yeah, we were able to keep the likes fresh and get some good results. We had some people ski fast on Saturday, so it definitely didn't uh, hurt us at all. Did you enjoy the day between? Like almost not not a day, a day to kind of relax a little bit. Perhaps? Yeah, it was definitely nice to relax. It's it's high tension because you're kind of you kind of show up in the mountain and then people yeah. are being like, oh, we're gonna race, or we're not gonna race. But I mean, it worked out. Every every team has to deal with it. It's something in ski racing with uh, obviously weather dependent that we haven't had to deal with in the past. So you kind of get used to it and you're able to move forward, get ready for the next race day. Now this weekend it's supposed to be the St. Michael's Carnival for Alpine. I know I, I was talking to Grace Shirewagon. She mentioned that really Sunday River in Maine is the best place right now for skiing. What is St. Michael's Carnival looking like? That's supposed to be in Vermont. Yeah, so it's supposed to be in Vermont uh, in Smuggler's Notch, which is the backside of a uh, Stowe Mountain, mm-hmm. and they actually had no snow. So the bottom third of their course is open but obviously the top is is pretty bare so they're uh they push that back to our bye week and put the bye week this weekend oh so, so no week no races at all yeah no races. oh well we that's a, a breaking news of the podcast no yeah. races this weekend <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so it's just kind of uh independent um eastern cup races which just mm. like a lot of college guys are going to be racing so it'll still feel like a carnival with from the uh, competition field but obviously no collegiate race. Just So you will be competing? Yes. Okay. So Yeah, the men are racing at uh, Burke Mountain in Vermont. Okay. And then the women are going to be racing at Sugarloaf. Because uh, each uh, weekend they kind of have races going on for all the high school athletes mm. and independent athletes that aren't racing for schools. So luckily enough, we were able to figure that out early enough and still sign up. Is it a fist race? Is that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, fist race. Eastern Cup is like yep. a, uh, one of the cups in the East, and it is. I mean, it's kind of like the higher level ones besides that are not NORAMs and not like mm-hmm. on the high U.S. level. So it's it's really cool. It'll be a really good field to be good like competition, get to go out there and hopefully gain some more confidence with uh, the team and myself moving forward. Okay, great. Yeah, well, and, and Grace from when she was on last week that the fist races when she was 16 years old, it was really cool to be racing against 22-year-olds. But now that she's 22, she's like, why am I racing against a 16-year-old? How do you feel about that? <laughs> well, I mean, it's something that you never kind of really realize mm-hmm. that when you're – when you're 16, 17, you're looking up at these college athletes you're like, wow, those guys are awesome, really good skiers, and I want to like catch up to them. And now we're kind of there, and you're at the top of these races, hopefully doing well, and you're just looking down, and you're like, wow, like I got like four years on these kids. But it's just, it's really fun. You get to, you meet a lot of people from like my high school, from other schools around, and race against them. I've coached a few of them, and so it's really cool to get to race against them and kind of hopefully pass on some experience. 
Awesome. And then, uh, yeah, you know, you mentioned that yesterday was a big day for you to catch up on schoolwork, right? How, how have you learned over the years to balance those two um, things? I mean, this is really only your second year because the first year there was no carnival season. But how have you learned to balance the academics and the uh, scheme? So it's definitely challenging. Um, I'm a physics major with a math minor, so mm. it gets pretty busy. Yeah. And But it's kind of all it's just sitting down and doing the work. And when we're at carnivals, we definitely have to take homework time and just sit down at night because other that, otherwise we, like, fall behind. So it's just about like being on top of your work, making sure you have a good uh, relationship with our professors so that they allow us to make up that time. So it's worked really well. I have a pretty close relationship with a lot of the physics professors, so I'm able to work forward and they can post class recordings, post class notes so we can kind of make up and hopefully act like there was no missed time and stay up with the class. So. Excellent. And then, um, you know, what prompted you to want to, you know, major in, in you said physics? Yeah. Yeah. What what makes that kind of, I mean, it's interesting, Alpine skiing, there's probably <laughs> some physics, physics there involved, right? Yeah, definitely some <laughs> physics. It's kind of uh, just goes with, I don't know, my family. Mm. My uh, dad is a big math guy in uh, high school and college, so it's pushing forward from there. And it's kind of just the only thing that really interests me. And I was like looking forward, I'm like, I could use that in the future. So, yeah, hopefully I do get to use that at some point. <laughs> Great. And we, we've talked before how your brother is also on the EISA yep. circuit with Middlebury. Yeah. And so I'm, uh, he was competing this weekend also. What was it like going up against him again? Oh, it's always great. <laughs> we have such a good relationship. Uh, I got to ski with him in November for our Thanksgiving camp. Mm-hmm. I went out west and skied with uh, Middlebury a little bit and hung around. So it was really cool to get to race against him. I mean, he's, he's, he's an awesome skier. So getting to watch him and then watch him compete is, is just amazing. So he was, I want to say fourth in the first run of the GS and then DNF second run. So it was just, it was, it was really cool. I got to beat him, which was, felt really good, <laughs> right. but unfortunately for him, he didn't get right. a result, but he got me in the Psalm. So I got to get him uh, next weekend. Right, right. Exactly. Is, is the dream to have both of you at NCAAs this year then? I think that would be, yeah, yeah. That, that would be a really cool dream. I mean, he made it last year, mm. so it's kind of, it's kind of me. I got to pick up the slack <laughs> a little bit, but no, that would, that would be awesome. We get to go out to a, it's at Whiteface Mountain in New York. Okay. So it'd be really cool to go and have us both compete there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the Bates Carnival this past weekend we haven't got to talk about? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it was just an awesome experience for the younger guys to build some confidence. And hopefully, I believe we have another one next year. So hopefully we can bring some uh, faster and better results then than we did this weekend and keep pushing forward. The Nordic skiing teams hosted a pair of freestyle races at Black Mountain as part of the Bates Carnival. The Bobcats competed in a 7.5K skate on Friday and a 10K skate on Saturday. On the men's side, senior captain Xander Martin had his best collegiate performance yet, finishing 9th out of 91 racers on Friday and 22nd on Saturday. At Female Bobcat of the Week, Olivia Cuneo, a junior captain for the women's team, led the Bobcats both days, taking 14th place on Friday and 26th on Saturday. Martin and Cuneo joined the Bobcast to recap the weekend. Bates Carnival over the weekend there at Black Mountain. We've got Olivia Cuneo and Xander Martin joining us here on the Bobcast. And Xander, first of all, congrats. 7.5K skate. Top 10 finish for you. Take us through the first carnival race of the year for you. What was working so well out there? Yeah, I mean, uh, big one was the wax. The coaches kind of nailed it that day. Um, Things were running pretty fast, even in the kind of weird, wet, sketchy conditions. Um, Fortunate enough to have some people coming through at the same time as me. I could hitch a good ride on that. Uh, Course kind of suited me. Up long, uphill, really just hard conditions to ski fast in, and that's kind of what I do best in. Um, But really happy on it, especially first race of the season. Kind of plenty more to nail it, do the same. And Olivia, obviously a great showing for you as well, 14th in that 7.5K skate. So what was it like for you out there in you know, one of the shorter events, right? Yeah. Um, well, interestingly enough, growing up, 7.5K was also always my worst event. And so I didn't have high expectations going into the race. But uh, when I was out there, I kind of just let myself forget about the distance. It was three laps around. So I had some fast gears around me too. I just tried to keep them in sight and, um, my skis were also ripping. They were so fast. So that was a really exciting way to start. No classic this weekend because of the conditions. Olivia, break it down for us. Why couldn't you do a classic race? Our classic races this year are supposed to be longer races and also mass starts is like, that's Mm. what we're trying to go towards. And since we had a 2.5 K loop. It's really hard to get a lot of people out on course for longer classic race. Um, and if we shorten the classic race, it might not be NCAA eligible and we would have a lot of 
skiers out there at once. So, I mean, the idea was to minimize the damage and to avoid setting tracks, avoid messing with some really sloppy waxes for the kick for classic skiing. And it was just simpler all around to switch it to another skate race. Gotcha. A lot goes into it, obviously. Uh, Xander, uh, first time on the Bobcast for you, so I want to get an idea about your background growing up. What What first got you into Nordic skiing? Uh, so I grew up in Southern Maine. Um, I grew up skiing on the same trails that we kind of train on and race on. So, uh, my parents kind of started taking me out, uh, in a sled that they kind of dragged behind them while they were on skis when I was really young. I mean, like six months year old. And then when I could kind of get up and out on my own, they kind of tossed me on a pair of skis and sent me out the door. So uh, I started that. I skied in the main high school circuit. Um, I went to Vermont uh, for the rest of high, later high school, uh, skied in the eastern circuit before coming to Bates. And Olivia, you grew up in Vermont, and you mentioned off-air that you knew Xander growing up, so small world, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really small world. What's it like now being on the same team in college? Yeah, interesting. I mean, Xander's great. He's always been, like, in my inner circle for skiing. He was in my sophomore class at SMS. So that's when I really got to know him. But then growing up, seeing him at ski races. So it's just like a comfortable face when he came in on the same year as me. And, yeah, we've become closer. We're good friends. Yeah, Xander, what's it like having this, you know, small, you know, ski community that's obviously very close? I mean, everybody, for better or for worse, everyone (laughs) knows each other. Right. Um, I mean, there's people growing up that I knew that are still racing and even the ones that aren't still racing, everyone kind of keeps in touch. People, if a race is in their uh, hometown or nearby, they'll still come out and cheer. So every ski race is kind of fun because you're bumping into people that you know or at some of the bigger level races. Um, I traveled out with one of my teammates, Matthias, and our coach to Houghton, Michigan, right before the semester started Mm. for U.S. Nationals. And there's a bunch of other people that I went to high school with, grew up skiing with, um, from the Western schools that you don't get to see as often, that it's also really fun to bump into. So everyone knows everyone on the ski circuit. Yeah, U.S. Nationals, tell us about that experience. I mean, had you competed there before? Uh, Yeah, so U.S. Nationals is kind of a little funny how it's named. It's at the beginning of the season. Right. You're not qualifying for anything the same way you are uh, with NCAAs, where you have to qualify based off of the season. Um, U.S. Nationals really just qualifies you for other races if you ski well enough. Uh, Normally, you just kind of, at least for me, it's a great way to get your USSA ranking points down, um, which will give you kind of better seating, better start positions, and some of the mass starts, which can be a good advantage to have when things get a little chaotic. Um, So it's just a fun chance to kind of get out, do some early season racing, especially uh, the trails at Michigan Tech and Houghton have wonderful snow, wonderful grooming. They're highway wide. Like you Mm. can get four rows of people across the trail uh, without having to worry about stepping on each other's equipment. So it was just a fun experience to do and, I've done it a couple years now. Yeah, and Olivia, these mass starts that Xander touched on, obviously no mass start this weekend because of the you know conditions and whatnot, but what are those like when you have those? Because I imagine it's just, it is chaotic, right? Yeah, I was actually just thinking about that <laughs> earlier today because we might have one coming up mm. on Friday, and it's at Reichert, Middlebury, which has a big downhill at the start, and I've skied there many years, and I've done races there, and almost every single time you see a massive crash at the beginning on the first downhill. So avoiding the chaos in the beginning is certainly key if you're going to have a good race. Um, just a lot of people stepping on poles, a lot of people fighting for the tracks because classic races, they usually don't set more than two sets of, cra- of tracks, and we have like 80-something people out there. So it's a lot of chaos, and then as the race goes on, it spreads out a little bit more, but that's also why it's important to have a longer race instead of like a 5K, which is considered a shorter distance mass start. Excellent. And then um, I wanted to mention um, 
um, the the other Olivia Olivia Skillings is now an assistant coach after being a captain last year. What's that like? Because I remember in your, in your message last year in the video, you mentioned you'll be the only Olivia, but you're you're still not. I'm she's, still not. She's still here. <laughs> so what's like having her, her as a coach now? Yeah, um, it makes it easier to differentiate the names because most people call her Coach Olivia. Okay, there you go. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> but it's been awesome. Um, a smooth transition. I wasn't sure what it was going to be like after Becky left, and we didn't hear that she was going to be the assistant coach until weeks before mm. the year began. Um, we're all really comfortable with her. I know she's still trying to develop like a coach-athlete relationship from going from like a uh, athlete athlete relationship um, but she's doing a great job she knows what she's doing she's really good with working with people and working with James so they're definitely setting us up for success this upcoming season yeah and then Xander um, in terms of James Upham obviously you know being the interim head coach right now he's obviously been a head coach at a number of programs throughout his career he said he's putting the you know the hat back on now and what's it look like having him leading the program now I mean James is wonderful I've actually I knew James before I came to Bates, he actually um, coached the one of the main summer programs uh, that I used to do with uh, Boulder Nordic Sport, who's one of the ski suppliers, ski shops, um, and they have a spot down in Portland. And I got to know him through that, and he helped me a lot in my kind of earlier high school years as a skier, which was really kind of formative to my relationship with skiing. And now having him as a head coach, he's really stepped into the role. He definitely, it's definitely been a big change, but he's also a wonderful coach. I mean, he's great with being really communicative, communicative, um, really on top of everything. And his technique work is really something that I've always enjoyed with him. Um, Just being very on top of video feedback, Mm -hmm. verbal feedback just everything there is to kind of get you totally dialed in to be as efficient as you can be. And you're both captains, but Olivia, the women's team in particular, pretty young team, right? So what are you teaching some of the, maybe the the sophomores and even first years about what it takes here at the carnival circuit? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing in the season is just balancing everything because if you don't know how to balance your workload with the race load, which is really heavy, we have two races almost every weekend for two months, then you can get really caught up. And if you get stressed out, you can get sick. So yeah, you just need to stay on top of everything. And I've had a couple of them ask me questions about like what classes they should take or like what training they should do during the week. And these are questions that I'm still trying to figure out myself, obviously, but I've had a couple years here now to you know, test the waters and figure out what works best. So I'm hoping I can be there for them um, for the little questions and then lead by example for the things that I don't have the answers to. And Xander, how about you? What's it like being a senior captain this season? It's some things change, some things stay the same. It's still uh, we have a much kind of smaller group than the women. Mm -hmm. Um, We only have nine people on the team for men. Um, So it's a little simpler. But it's a lot of it's a lot of the same thing. It's keeping everyone together, keeping everyone happy, keeping everyone kind of in control. Um, but yeah, just making sure, especially for our freshmen who are experiencing their first carnival season, it's a lot of managing expectations. It's a lot of making sure they're doing everything they can to keep it together and balance classes. Um, and I think that's a big part, just making sure everyone's remembering that there's still student athletes and there's a balance to be struck there that can always be really challenging. Great. Well, any other thoughts either of you wanted to share on the Bates Carnival? We haven't got to talk about the experience this past weekend. Obviously, the first Bates Carnival since, um, well, you probably never even, no, you, you took a year off, so you experienced one your first year, right? Yeah, yeah first I'm... Bates Carnival since you were both first years, right? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Um, It was amazing to see the turnout, especially the second day going up the big hill, um, like halfway through the race. You couldn't even hear yourself think or ski because the crowd and the fans that showed up from Bates were so loud and so awesome. And sometimes you would hear an individual voice out of the loud crowd and you're like, oh, yeah, that's one of my friends. Or like, oh, that's really nice of them to show up. So it really just kept me going. It was awesome. Xander, how about for you? Any other thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the Bates Carnival, having a home race is always a pretty special experience compared to the rest of them. Um, just because 
normally we're racing so far away, we're driving off to Middlebury or one of our last races this season, it's like a six-hour drive to Lake Placid. Right. No one's... No one from Bates is really turning up to watch. You'll get some parents or maybe a couple people that you know. But having a home carnival, people show up. Um, and having big groups of friends, we had people out with, like, grills on the side of the course, cooking up hot dogs and cheering along. Um, and it's super cool, super motivational. Coming through uh, some of those tough spots on the course and having a bunch of your friends and teammates cheering as loud as they can to get you going is a really special experience to ski. Awesome. Well, a couple of top 30 finishes for both Xander and Olivia to start the year. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having us. The number 14 nationally ranked Bates men's squash team is off to a 9-2 and start entering Tuesday's match against MIT. After the Bobcats won 2-3 of three over the weekend, falling to Williams, but defeating Hamilton and Middlebury at the Bates Squash Center. Senior Captain Sultan Hashmi is personally off to a 10-1 and one start at the number 9 position, providing key depth for Bates. Honestly, I've just been kind of, uh, you know, trying to enjoy senior year. And that's kind of taken a lot of pressure off of needing to win because every time I'm on court, it's it's not a requirement. It's something that I I really want to do, um, and so I'm playing from with a better why, and I think that's why. Great, yeah. You mentioned you know being a senior now, you've had kind of an interesting career, right? You know, you had the COVID breakup your uh, I think sophomore season, and um, but and how are you able to kind of you know, get back in the swing of things a little bit last year and then set this mindset for this season, these last couple of years, take us through kind of your journey. Yeah, it's been, it's been super weird, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, like my sophomore year, like peak COVID, um, we didn't have any matches. We were just really being competitive with each other on the team, which kind of, you know, had its ups and downs. It was good because it kept us in check, kept us uh, competitive in training, but it also kind of got a little exhausting. Um, a little bit of that kind of carried into last year, I felt, but it was shaken off pretty quick, um, you know, once we started playing other teams. And then this year, you know, back to just regular old life. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say the team has been very successful this year. The men's team's had a great season so far, a lot of depth on this team. What's it like to have, um, you know, you're, you, you were playing a little higher last year, now you're playing at number nine. What's it like to have all this depth and it really being the key to the team's success kind of, right? Depth, absolutely. Like four through nine, very, very solid players. I mean, also shout out to our top players. Yeah, it's definitely even more competitive for them. The The depth has really been the biggest, the biggest thing. Also, we just have a lot of grinders on our team, um, a lot of people willing to go that extra mile. Um, and I think that that's where um, it's really a mindset. Um, that's the key, I think. There's been some five-game matches, obviously, through the years. Uh, when you get in those five-game matches, what are, what are those like? Because I know, you know, Juice had one against Williams where he actually came up a little short, but it was quite the battle, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's famous for those five. Yeah, games. he is, isn't he? <laughs> but was it like? Do you get in very many of those? Or um, I've had, I believe, one this year. But my mm. freshman year, yeah. I had quite a few. Um, yeah, I kind of missed it to be honest. It, <laughs> you know, it felt good to to pull one out for the boys. Um, but yeah, it's definitely very exhausting afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> What's been a memorable match for you this season? This season, probably the uh, Williams match. Yeah, you got the yeah. victory there. Yeah. Yeah, individually there at number nine. What, what was, take us through that one, because that was a five-gamer as well, is that right? Five-gamer, Okay, yeah. so it was back to that. So take us through what, the battle there and any memorable parts, I guess. Okay, so I started off the match um, just a little shaky. I was a little nervous. Couldn't really find my, my, my shots. Um and I got absolutely clapped the first two games. <laughs> and I just, you know, just said, like, F it. You know, let's let's just play. And so that kind of shedded off a lot of the nerves. And I found my, I found my like, base. And then from there, I was able to build. And after that, you know, it just kind of um, all came to me. Great. And then um, we're talking on a Tuesday. By the time people listen to this, you'll be well underway with your match against MIT this evening. But tell us a little about this opportunity you have uh, tonight against the Engineers. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a big opportunity for us. I don't remember the last time Bates has beaten MIT. Um, but, yeah, like our team's 
pretty strong this year, and they lost to a team that we had a very good match with. So I think that we can we can take them. Um, so I'm really excited about the opportunity. I think the boys are fired up as well. So. Yeah, looking forward to it today. And that's right here at the big uh, squash center, and you've had a, quite a few home matches recently. So yeah. what's it like playing at home there? It's the best. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, yeah, like especially when you know, uh, like our friends come. Like it, it really means the world. Uh, it really gets us going. Yeah. Tell us a little about the senior class and you know your peers and what that what this group is like. Um, it's great. Yeah, just like the three of us. Like we're. We're very close. Um, yeah, it's the the support that we give each other is really, really, um, it's it's inspiring and it, it it it's fuel as well. Yeah, we had you on when you were a first year, so and now you're a senior. It seems like time just flies right by. But um, you're from California, right? Yeah. So remind us a little bit about what brought you out here to Maine for college. It was actually it was the squash team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at you know other similar schools, but ultimately. Um, I chose Bates because of how, um, like, diverse, not in an, uh, not only in, like, a cultural sense, but just in, like, a people sense, mm. the team was. Um, you just have so many people of just very different, you know, frame of minds, characters, um, and it's just amazing how, like, you know, despite that, we can, like, come together in just a very like seamless way and like be brothers i think like that's that's the coolest part about it awesome and then how did you start playing squash growing up um so i was a tennis player actually Mm. um but i kind of i guess i started playing a little bit too competitively too early so i just kind of got fed up with it (laughs) Um, (laughs) and one of my good friends at the time was a squash player and he like invited me to play squash one day, and I've I've actually been playing literally ever since. Yeah. What what age was that? That was about like thirteen, fourteen. Okay, gotcha. And you started to think, oh, I could play this in college. <laughs> yeah. Great. And then, um, you know, the college squash experience. I mean, as a senior, what do you tell maybe some of the first years? What you know, right off the bat, what they can kind of expect and what it takes to succeed here? Because you know, I mean, you've had kind of an interesting career with COVID and everything, but you know, the typical career you you hopeful to you know develop each season, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> what do you kind of tell those youngsters about what it takes? <laughs> um, just to keep going. Mm. Like that's that's the biggest thing is consistency. Um, but they they have it. I'm, I'm like I'm very like uh, proud of our first years because they have that consistency. It's it, it really comes down to like if you really love the game. You know, because if you don't love the game, you're not going to be consistent. But if you do, you're going to find yourself playing when you, like, didn't even really, you know what I mean? Like, you're just going to find yourself playing squash. And they have that. And so, um, but, yeah, like, if they if they keep that consistency, like, they're going to be so solid, so, so, so solid by the time they're seniors. Awesome. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the season so far and your, <clears throat> you know, on, on the road ahead here, perhaps, we haven't got to talk about? Um. Yeah, I mean, like, just super excited for the rest of the season. Um, like, we, I'm just so excited to see like what we can, what more we can do as a team because we haven't even really peaked yet, and um, we still have a decent amount of matches left. So I'm just super stoked to, you know, see what see what our potential is. Great, Salton. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. The women's and men's basketball teams suffered some heartbreaking losses over the weekend, with both teams losing a game in overtime and another by fewer than five points. Despite a rough week on the scoreboard, Bates men's senior captain Steph Baxter was honored as the main co-player of the week after a pair of outstanding performances against Hamilton and Amherst. This week is a fresh start for both squads, with the men hosting UMaine Farmington Tuesday at 7 and the women traveling to UMF to take on the Beavers. In other action this week, the track and field teams host the Bates Invitational and the swimming and diving teams have their senior meet against against Tufts. Check out GoBaitsBobcats.com for the complete schedule, and we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast.